What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Sinks and Inks? Welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel. I am truly grateful to every single person who listens to the podcast episodes, who watches the videos on YouTube, whether it's Track Talk or a Bucket of Track Talk or Fried Chicken. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly do appreciate each and every one of you. And if you like what you're listening to, like what you're watching, regardless of where you get your podcast, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Music, we are there. Do me a favor, leave a nice review. It helps the channel grow, it helps the algorithm, and it helps other people find the channel. So I would appreciate if you guys did that. Thank you so much again. Today, I'm super pumped for you all to get a chance to know today's guest. She is a certified baller, and you're gonna hear why in just a second. And her name is Ali Ostrander. Pretty much if you are know anything about track and field, you know who Ali Ostrander is. She is a legend when it comes to the steeplechase. Did it big at Boise State and doing it big now on the track and in the roads. We had an amazing conversation. She's a content creator herself, so please be sure to check out her channel. I tagged her channel in the show link, so all you have to do is click on it and it takes you right there. And be sure to follow her on social media as well. She and I, we talked about her time as a baller and her legendary basketball game her senior year um i don't want to give too much away because it was an epic moment but she is a forever legend because of her performance her great clutch performance um in that game and so we talked about that we talked about her growing up in alaska why she loves running so much her disdain for chocolate she is not a chocolate fan and we talked about some of her culinary skills and listen she is innovative when it comes to making unique dishes and uh, I was hungry when I was listening to it, and I know you guys are going to be impressed as well. We covered so many topics, and she gave some great advice uh, towards the back end of the episodes for up-and-coming runners, and just runners in general, um, for people to listen to, and it's a great life lesson um, as well. So I hope you guys enjoy all the great things she said. Please be sure to support her. As always, I have a link tree link tree link excuse me underneath uh, in the show notes so please be sure to click on that it takes you to our instagram page lactic acid podcast twitter page lactic acid underscore pod and dom smith underscore news and our youtube page lactic acid with dominique smith so please be sure to check that out like subscribe hit the notification bell that way you are updated when all the episodes drop and stay tuned we have some amazing content coming out in the very near future want to give a shout out to our partners at track barn please be sure to visit their website www.trackbarn.com you get 10% off your order when you type in the code lactic acid 10 so please be sure to take advantage of that they have incredible products for track and field athletes from just anywhere anything you need they got it they're doing great things there and you're going to get a chance to get to know their owner um, within the next week or two with a special project we have coming out thank you all again and i hope you enjoy the episode What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Saints and Inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominic Smith. 
Today, I have a certified baller shot caller doing big things on and off the track. She produces better content than most of the content creators that are out there popping. And listen, on the track, she is faster than your average Joe or Sue. Competes in an event that I want no part of because if that thing, if you listen, that barrier is not moving, but she is moving over it. She is bigger than Frazier Crane. Yes, I'm listening in Seattle. She is the legend that is. Oh, probably the best Boise State Bronco of all time. Uh, shout out to their football team for ruining lives in 2003. She's, or 2005, I'm sorry. She is none other than Miss Allie Ostrander. Allie, appreciate you taking time to come on the show. How you doing? Hi. Wow, what an intro. You know, I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever felt more introduced in my life. So um, I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, listen, like I say in the show, all thriller, no filler. That's just how we roll up in here. But I have to ask you a question that I have been asking. It's kind of my winter, early spring question. So let's say Food Network, Ben and Jerry's, and either ABC or CBS. Well, let's just say all of them. They had dinner one night. And they said, you know, we came across this girl named Allie Ostrander, and she's a really big freaking deal. And she is just thriving. She is just making the world a better place with her content. And she is somebody that we need to invest in and promote her awesomeness. So we want to do a custom winter slash spring promotion center around that. So Food Network said, okay, we are going to put either a burger, a pizza that is custom made by her, or if there's a destination dish that she's just like, no, I have to have this specific food. We are going to put it on the menu and every single location that we are affiliated with across this great world. Then Ben and Jerry's was like, all right, hold up real quick. We're the ice cream kings of the world. What we're going to do is we want her to give us two flavors and we are going to customize those flavors to sell in every store that pretty much we're affiliated with that Ben and Jerry's has ice cream in. Then the AMC and CMA. So ABC said we are the king of the awards when it comes to television, movies, and theater. And CBS said, listen, we are the kings when it comes to things like the Grammys. And so what we want to do is we want her to be our guest of honor, but she can be a plus one of either if it's ABC, any actor or actress, and if it is CBS with the Grammys, any artists that she wants so what we need food network burger pizza or whatever destination dish ben and jerry's two flavors of ice cream that will be combined into one and then who are you going to the grammys or are you going to any award show other award show television awards for like the oscars uh, and then who are you taking or who do you want to go with so I get to choose one of those or all of them? All, all three. Oh, okay. Um, I would do a pizza and I'd probably have some sort of a, a buffalo chicken blue cheese type Ooh. pizza. Um, yeah, because with some like little red onion and arugula slaw on there. Because oh. um, it is, it's very good. Uh, I've made it before, and I got to say that 
yeah, it's it's Food Network worthy. Okay. Uh, and then for ice cream, am I like creating a flavor or I'm combining two? You can create, you're creating a flavor. Okay. I do like peanut butter ice cream with cheesecake cookie dough and a graham cracker swirl because I like a lot of chunks in my ice cream and I don't like chocolate. And then as far as going to the Grammys, I probably want to go okay. Grammys or the Oscars. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd do Oscars and I'd want to go with, I always get her last name mixed up, but Hermione in Harry Potter. I think that's Emma oh, Watson. Emma. Yeah. Emma, or, Emma Watson or Emma Stone. Yeah, I think it's Emma Watson. Emma Watson. I think you're right. Let me see. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So with Emma Watson. Okay. So a couple questions. Why did you have to health up that pizza? It was just good the way it is. You had to add all the fancy arugula and everything like that. I understand that it serves its place in society, but I was like, no, that's too healthy. No, no, no. So for the me. thing is, the thing is that when you eat a pizza that has ranch dressing as the sauce and then it has blue cheese on top as well, oh, like it's right. really, really heavy. And it's like there's nothing acidic or like fresh to cut through like the fattiness of the pizza. So you really kind of need that. It's one of those situations where vegetables like make it better mm. and they're, they're not detracting in any way, at least in my opinion. Like, no, you're right. I've had it without. I've had it with. And I feel like it, it helps. You need that arugula, to, that bitterness to cut through all that fat. Oh, exactly. Man. You do you realize like you sounded like Guy Fieri when he's breaking down food on diners, drive-ins, and dives just now? Because like I've never had well, somebody. That's the best compliment I've ever received. <laughs> you know, like you sounded. It just reminded me of him like trying food like oh, and this is a back perk because like sometimes when I'm cooking, like I will take a bite and then just be like dude this is out of bounds just like all the crap that he says but that sounded mm -hmm. genuinely like him the acid the fat i've never had an athlete come on and just deconstruct that like a science like that is gosh when, when he retires we know who to call um yeah, so thank you i would love was, to take was, his place man yeah just travel <laughs> around the world eating food for free like yeah and then just and, getting to talk about it. It's also so cool because of the position he's in, like whatever restaurants he goes to, he has the power to like completely change the trajectory of their life. Because once they've been on Food Network, they usually are super successful afterwards. So it's cool. Like he can make people super successful. Yeah. Even the food he doesn't like, it's just like, like they've been doing this triple, like triple D series where they catch up to a lot of the restaurants that he's been to and just their stories there's like listen we had to open up another building and stuff like that i was like yo that is mm -hmm. that is big time so yes we we found his replacement um 
for Triple D. <laughs> and would you drive the Camaro? Uh, no, definitely not. I would be a passenger princess, so I would need someone <laughs> to drive for me, and I would sit in the passenger seat. But they, if they want to drive the Camaro, that's fine. But whatever it takes for me to get a ride, really. That's fair. That's fair. That's a lot of pressure driving that Camaro. So, yeah, yeah I'm not with that. Um, but let's jump into this. Al, you are a really big deal on these track streets, my friend. Rain a PR of 926 in the steeplechase, which is blazing fast. And I just remember you going through the prep ranks to, to Boise State. It was like, yo, like this girl is going to ball out. And it seems that obviously, you know, career trajectories is um, you have ebbs and flows, but pretty much you're out there balling in the steeplechase, which is which just that event is just insane to me because and you are very brave because I live in Florida. So we don't really do steeplechase in high school, but at my high school, we did have the hurdle. And I tried, you know, still going through that. And I can just tell you from experience, that thing's not moving. Um, I did. So, uh, but have you had a chance to reflect on just the amazing things that you've done off the track gearing in to this season? Um, a little bit. You know, I I guess like always growing up, my goal was to be a professional athlete, to run fast. Like I was super driven to train and it never like – people talk about, you know, motivation and feeling motivated to do it. And like, it's not really something that I ever struggled with because I just wanted to train so badly because I knew that that was what would make me good. Like it always felt like it was exactly what I wanted to do, not something that I had to do. Um, but like, for me, some of the stuff I've done outside of actually running, like advocacy or just being really open and talking about some of my own personal struggles like that stuff doesn't come as naturally mm -hmm. and so sometimes I feel like oh my gosh is like is this cringy does this seem like a cry for help does it seem like I'm asking for pity from people and like that's never what I'm after but sometimes I think it might be interpreted that way and it makes me uncomfortable but then I'll get comments or messages from people saying like, you saved my life or you changed my life so much. You've helped me through this that I'm going through or like I chose to recover because of you. And like when I see stuff like that, I realize how worth it it is, even mm -hmm. when it feels kind of hard for me. So, yeah, I like those are the moments where I reflect it's when people reach out to me and say that I impacted them in a positive way. And like, there's, there's just not really a better feeling than that. So. Have you, does this change kind of your idea of what you want to do post-track um, as far as, you know, being that advocate, being that light for people and helping people? Um. I think it changes it a little bit just because it makes it so that my entire focus right now isn't just on like the times I run. It's also kind of on the impact I can have in the track world and outside of it. Um, but with that said, I still don't have like a super solid idea of what I want to do 
afterwards. Like if I could be like an advocate or a speaker or someone, you know, to, to help people like throughout the rest of my life, that would be great. I just don't know that that's uh, a full-time job for, you know, it usually. So you never know. You can make like a, yeah. I would. I wish I could tell you I majored in business, so but I can't even give you any business tips. But I mean, it all worked itself out in the end. Did you ever think, what even just from you know before you know you were advocating and really helping people, you know through what you were going through with your eating disorder, did you ever think that you would turn into the world of content creating, with just sharing workouts and just being that open and honest? Um, just about just running and I don't know I watched which was the first video I watched it was actually a fun video you were running really far which you know is not my world um but you had like your sister and you I, I don't even remember but I don't know you found a way to make it relatable but make it fun like your training and your day-to-day kind of behind the scenes what kind of what went into you starting that youtube page so people can see okay well this is the day in the life of a professional athlete yeah um i i never saw myself going into content creation even you know instagram i was the type of person that would post every couple months like i just was not i was not super into it but um and I started dating Spencer, the athlete special, and he has a YouTube channel and had had one for a while. And I saw that he was able to like make money on there, get brand deals and really like show people his life. And it was super fun, like being in the videos and seeing him like create content around like what we did. Um, Cause it's just like, you're, you're making a highlight reel of your life basically, which is really cool. It's not always a highlight reel, but yeah. I mean, some of the videos are. Um, and that was really appealing to me because I, I felt like right now, like I'm getting to be a professional, like I'm living my dream. I would love to document this. And also it provided a professional runner basically like job security, which is something that we don't have in this sport. Like you don't have benefits. You usually don't have a very long-term contract. There's no guarantees of ever getting a raise or getting an extension. Like at a normal job, if you show up to work every day and try your best, you will just keep the job. Like you will get to stay in it. And that is not the case with running. And so it's just like a very uncertain sport basically a very uncertain job for sure so the idea of being able to create content and kind of have my or a part of my income be in my own control like okay if I like put out consistent content and it's good and it's worthy of being watched then like I can have another stream of income that isn't related to my performance or what I'm making from, you know, this company that's paying me to run. So that, that was something that was really appealing to me just because I'm a super independent person and I really value my autonomy. So I enjoy having something that I feel like is 
a direct reflection of like the actual work that I put into it. You also are actually hilarious. Like, cause like, listen, if if she ever thought about doing stand up, I think you would, you had a you have a decent shot, uh, like <laughs> balling out in that. Um, oh my gosh! Well, thank you, but I respect people that do stand up so much. I feel like if I missed on one joke up there and no one laughed, I would just have to leave. <laughs> no, I've heard like horror stories about like you know in in Harlem or whatever, uh, or what is it? The showtime at the Apollo, like if if you miss a joke or you miss, God forbid, you miss two to three jokes, they start booing you. They start throwing stuff at you. See, I said, yeah, I that that couldn't be me. Um, I could not do it. <laughs> no, nah, that 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 would be a problem. Do you like the editing? I'm actually genuinely um, curious because I hate editing. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, but. I mean, there are parts of it that I don't like. Um, but so like the general, like, you know, maybe you go into a video, it, it's going to be about eight minutes long. You have 45 minutes of footage. So I don't like the first cut, like getting rid of just basically, you know, the, the blank footage that has nothing in it. That's just kind of around like all the good stuff. But then the second run through where you're mainly just trimming up like stuff that was fun and good that happened and entertaining that maybe it just isn't quite good enough, but like it's still entertaining. I like going through the second time and choosing like the very best little bits. It's just the first time through that's not as fun. No, the first time is, is brutal. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're waiting for stuff to <laughs> upload, and it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, yeah. The first time through, oh, my gosh. It's like, it's just like me trying to set up the camera. Like, I've already started the video, and I'm, like, backing up, seeing if the angle's good, and then, like, approaching again. I'm like, God, I do not need to watch this. <laughs> no, and then, like, you have to make sure you sound okay and make sure the sound's good and all of that stuff. It's like, ugh. Nah, man, it's honestly like we need to i don't know you're big enough deal in this content creator world that you should have an assistant to do all the <laughs> sucky stuff yeah we'll just tell youtube to to pay their creators a little more and then i'll hire an assistant yes and then stop stealing money um <laughs> stuff like that how and then we'll get to some off-track stuff i'm curious i've born and raised here in Florida for the 28 years that I've existed on this planet. You are the first person from Alaska that I have ever had the pleasure of talking to or coming in contact with. So I believe where you grew up, there was the population was like 7,500 people or something like that. It was like a small mm -hmm. town. What was it like growing up in Alaska and more or less running you know, in that kind of climate, because I, I, I've had sinuses infections all the time with the weather <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think obviously when I was growing up, that was the only thing I ever knew. And it, yeah. it is the only thing I'll ever know as far as growing up somewhere. So it's hard to compare it, but I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of pride. I felt like Alaska was the coolest state and it was really outdoorsy and kind of less, like touched by humans than other states. So yeah. I liked that aspect of it. There was always a lot of like outdoors time, nature, like 
my family would go fishing together. We would go hiking a lot. And I enjoyed that. I always loved the outdoors. So I think that's kind of why I do is because that's what I grew up with. Um, running in Alaska is obviously not ideal. Like the high school cross country season is really short. I don't think people realize, but it goes from like August until either late September or the very beginning of October. Like it wow. ends eight weeks before most other people do. Um because it, it gets snowy there. Like we have to have it before snow takes over everything. So that was a little bit weird. Um, track season, our first meet of the year is actually on an indoor track. That's It's a 400 meter or 413 meter indoor track. Oh. So it's like an outdoor meet, but it's inside yeah, because hard. everything's still covered in snow. Uh and then, yeah, I didn't run in the winters. I played basketball, so that didn't really impact me. I was mainly running outside when it was not snowy, except the beginning of track season, which would be like cold and icy. But I, again, it's just kind of, it's what I knew. It didn't seem that bad at the time. You know, sometimes you'd wear like ice cleats or you just had to dress really warm. But I mean, people from the Midwest or Northeast, they probably get it too. I don't think the weather in Alaska is as extreme as people think. Mm. Yeah, because you see pictures, it's just like you guys are just a bunch of walking frosty snowmans out there. <laughs> um, so I don't know. The only thing I know about Alaska was there's there's this movie called The Proposal. Um, mm -hmm. And just I knew that the sun is just has a 24-hour battery um and it's like always yeah. shining yeah the summers are like when it's around summer solstice it's honestly incredible like i have started a long run at 11 30 p.m it, it's it's crazy you you can just do stuff all day it does get like dusky at night mm -hmm. but it doesn't get fully dark so See? it's cool it, it's like 2 a.m. to like 4, it's kind of dusk. And then the rest of the time, it's just, it's bright out. Incredible. In the winter, it's the reverse. So oh. not as fun. But we still yeah. get like five hours of daylight. It's not fully dark. Some parts of Alaska, the sun literally doesn't rise for oh, like a month. Wow. So I could not do that. <laughs> I would be depressed <laughs> i couldn't lie to you if, if sure. yeah if it if the sun i'd be depressed if the sun was out all day because i have to unless i have like you know those darkening blinds that you know mm -hmm. darken your room but if the sun never came up i, I don't know i'd be in the bed all day just crying or yeah something. I, don't know. I know like growing up it literally didn't bother me i did not have blackout shades i didn't even have curtains i was just like yeah i'll just go to sleep like it's light whatever it was just normal to me now i'm such a baby like if the shades are not closed if all the lights are not off like we've got to block it off like i need a dark place to sleep in mm -hmm. i don't know how i became this picky because i used to be able to sleep in broad daylight oh my god i'm that's that's crazy especially <laughs> like it's such a comment it's just such a change in my room honestly if a peak of light is shining then we have to shut down the whole operation um <laughs> It, it, it's a problem do you think kind of moving to the big city i guess i guess boise would be a big city but moving to the big city 
especially now in Seattle, kind of change, you know, that your mindset or whatever of just kind of, I don't say reality, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed my perspective on things because like moving to Boise at first and Boise is like 170,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was really overwhelmed at first. I thought this is a huge city. My gosh, like all the traffic, all the people, this is wild. But then I got used to it. And now like when I go back to Boise, it feels like a small city. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's really chill. There's no traffic. There's hardly any people. It's relaxed. Like when I first moved to Seattle, I was really overwhelmed. I honestly felt like, okay, like I, I as soon as I'm done at Brooks, like I'm leaving. I cannot take this. The traffic is miserable. It's so crowded. I get so just overstimulated with everything that's going on all the time. Yeah. And now when I'm here, I'm like, yeah, it's like a mid-sized city. It's pretty chill. Like it feel it kind of has small town vibes. You know, it's not it's not anything too crazy. So it's just it just has showed me kind of like that I can be super adaptable. And I think everyone can, because you have, you have to allow yourself time to adapt. And so at this point now, like I love Seattle and I want to stay here for the foreseeable future as it's just like, to me, it's just like a pretty, pretty relaxed city with really good access to the outdoors, lots of cool sports teams, lots going on all the time. So, yeah, Hmm. I mean, Moving to the big city was was not great at first, but now you know, city girl, that's me. All they need, <laughs> all they need to do is bring back the Sonics, and then like, like you are set, pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah. they were supposed to bring back the Sonics, but I mean, we don't know what they're doing. It's you're so bright about like, you know, just trying to adjust to the big city. I live in Orlando. Granted, it's not even the biggest city in Florida. That's Miami, and I've been to Miami. But in Orlando, there are more people coming, and the traffic here sucks, Allie. Um, just four to four to six thirty, you you need to walk. Just walk home. Um, can't even take a bike because the the sidewalks are just. You may get run over. We are the least pedestrian friendly state city in the world. Um, oh. Yeah, they will hit you if you look at them cross eyed. Then just just prepare to die because um, you will <laughs> get hit. But. I kid you not, there'd be times where I'll just be looking around. It's like, what what is everybody doing here? Like, go back, go back home. Go back where you like just just leave. <laughs> um, there's so many people. Just stop. So yeah, I, I get that feeling. Let's get to some off-track stuff. What are three people? Oh, Jesus. It's early, y'all. Well, it's not even early. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock. You're in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like... 11. It's not It's not afternoon yet. It's still morning. So. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to thrive just like Ali is. But we're, we're getting there. We're slowly warming up. What are three things that people do not know about the legend that is Ali Ostrander? I mean, probably just the number one thing due to the shock factor that it has is that I do not like chocolate. Not at all. Never have. Don't think I ever will. It just, I can't stand the taste or the smell. Everyone else loves it. I simply do not. When I told my college roommate this, she literally did not believe me. I found her later like Googling, is it possible to not like chocolate? She thought that I was pretending or like making a joke. But like, no, I just simply do not like it. 
Okay. Okay. And then everyone always asks like follow-up questions like, oh, but do you like chocolate chip cookies or like chocolate ice cream? And it's like, no, like none of it, nothing with chocolate. I don't like it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, The second thing would be that I feel like most runners really like running in the morning. I and working out in the morning, I would always choose to do afternoon. I don't know why. I just think my body likes to have six to seven hours to wake up, but afternoon runs and workouts will always be my preferred. And I almost always like have better workouts when it's in the afternoon. So yeah, that would be my preferred. Um, and then a third thing, um, I guess the third thing, this is a really kind of niche random fact, but I have watched the entire Gossip Girl series at least three times through, three and a half, I think. And I love it. I've loved it more every time I watched it. It is insane. I think it's the highest quality TV maybe to exist to man. So huge Gossip Girl stan. Oh boy, where do we start? Okay, so with the chocolate, so has it just been something you've never liked? Yeah, ever since I could make decisions about what I ate. Like there is a photo of me on my second or first birthday with like a bunch of chocolate cake spread all over me. So apparently maybe I liked it then, but then again, with the amount that's like spread across me and the entire table, I don't know if I ate any of it. Mm. ever since I can remember though I have not liked it so whenever I was choosing I would not choose chocolate okay okay granted you were the first willing person because usually people who hate chocolate it's because they're allergic to it um Mm -hmm. but you know we do not discriminate on this show um so I'm I'm (laughs) you know I there are certain things that people love that I hate I hate mushrooms um people love mushrooms i hate health i i personally do love mushrooms i just think I, oh so good yes uh so yeah so listen i'm not i i cannot i try i can't get with the texture everybody's like this is such a mm-hmm. meaty texture i'm like why are you lying like like that little <laughs> me like why the you lying like no i ain't got no oh meaty my gosh that, that's that's Nasty. funny because i was about to say like oh yeah i love the umami flavor the meaty texture and you're like oh that they say it's meat it's not it's you know not. what though i i mean i to each their own i feel like everyone has random food preferences so yes. sometimes you can't get yourself to like it sometimes you can like if you just try it enough times but i have tried with chocolate and it's not happening so hey well you save yourself a good amount of money so <laughs> that that that's a plus because there's just just about chocolate and everything. Do we is there like a peanut butter based candy bar? I'm I'm wondering because everything yeah. Has... Um, there's like a payday that's peanut butter uh-huh. or peanuts and caramel. I used to eat payday. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think no Crunch Bar has chocolate in it. Another... Yeah, they all they all pretty much do. But another butter is peanut butter mm-hmm. based pretty much i feel like 
paydays and nutter butters are things that should be on every organic list for people who like healthy food because you're getting so much protein uh there's a meatiness to it in certain ways so it's healthy yeah you know there's there's peanuts in a payday therefore it's a protein bar so yeah yes it's, it's a power bar um, another butter that's that's a power bar you get your protein you get it's carb loading listen one of the best mm-hmm. pieces of advice that i was given through the show called snl was with amy uh i forgot i think it's amy Schumer. um but she said something along the lines of if it's through a straw it's healthy and so while that's not through a straw those two things have intense health benefits so i really don't know what the what these people doing out here um so but yeah you can't get with chocolate i can't get with mushrooms that's what i say they're so good they're so tender it's this is garbage like buy you another pack of mushrooms and throw them both in the trash um so that's just my uh food rent but i need to get back to the fact i'm well i just heard about gossip girl um what is it about that show that you just love so much okay well first off everyone in the show or almost everyone is incredibly rich so and they're living in an upper east side new york and so it's like a whole different lifestyle that i could never really understand but it's really cool to see through a screen mm-hmm. um also they're they're really rich pretty spoiled and have access to like everything they're high schoolers but they're really not in high school you know everyone that acts them is like 30 but <laughs> so they there's just tons of drama and um everyone gets with everyone else and it just creates more drama and there's never a dull moment and they're, they're you know sometimes they get upset and they they travel to spain like i would love to get upset and wow. travel to spain so I don't know. It's just like a whole different lifestyle that I have never experienced, but I love to see. And it's so much drama that I could never understand, but I love to see. Also, everyone in the show is just incredibly hot. So that doesn't yeah. hurt either. Like they're all just probably the yeah. most attractive actors and actresses that they could get. So yeah, it's just, just a high quality show. I just pulled up the cast and I was like, okay, that's an all-star cast right there. Um, Blake Lively, yeah. Kristen Bell, uh, Layton, whatever her last name is, Leister, yeah, Layton, yeah, um, wow, yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing with Gossip Girl is that like it, it's a show that has substance to it, but not in like a deep way. It's not deep. It's just no. a relaxing, nice show that is very entertaining. And full of drama, yes. I got you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about something because usually with distance runners and middle distance runners, we'll talk about television and they'll mention how much they love either true crime podcasts, which I still don't get, um, or reality television, but centered around drama. Is it because you guys are like the least drama outside of the shot putters and discus throwers and hammer throwers um and javelin throwers is it because you guys are the least drama filled 
people that you enjoy that kind of television or even um series that are like like that because you you got to be extra oh my gosh you piss me off let me call larry and need to go to spain for two weeks just to calm down like i, I would <laughs> like oh my gosh like oh my gosh i'm pissed off let me go on ahead and book my tickets to london or wow Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like I don't I don't know why it is that I like watching it so much but I think it is because I like I I enjoy drama when I am not involved in it Amen. so I try to keep my life drama free but I still enjoy seeing drama and what yeah. goes on with that drama so television is a great way to get that hit without any danger you know <laughs> yeah because you just sit there and watch it just like oh that couldn't be me that won't be me um yeah. and you just have to be careful and it's i guess it's just television drama it's not like that hallmark stuff where um like it's just the same thing you see coming this seems like it's but there's probably mm-hmm. something relatable because i have gone to high schools like um uh, i remember I was working as a track and field coach and working in the um, athletic office. And it's funny you mentioned the scene about, you know, I'm getting my man, I'm going to go to Spain. So there was, and I was told this, um, a, well, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to say what school it was, but there was a kid who had a lot of money and a lot of money. They had a whole basketball court in their house. And this is a true story. They had to do, you know, like in high school, we had to do projects on different countries and cities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you you sit there and you research and you look it up and all that stuff. So instead of doing that, I was told that she flew to the country for four days. And that's how she did the project. And she came back. That's I was like, wild. I was like, okay, that must be nice. It's yeah, like, couldn't like be a, me. Yeah, could show sure enough couldn't be me. Shoot, I have to, gosh. Uh, it's like, like what? what is, how crazy is that? Like, oh my gosh, I have to, the Bahamas, I have to find out what it's like living in the Bahamas. Okay, let's just go on over to the Bahamas yeah. for a few days and just do some investigating. Oh gosh. But you mentioned that you were a hooper back in the day. Tell me mm-hmm. about the baller that still lives within named Allie Ostrander. <laughs> um, well, you know, I actually did two different ball sports, soccer and basketball. Basketball. Uh, soccer, I stopped playing after my junior year of high school. Okay. Um, but, yeah, basketball I played all the way through. And I was a point guard and my specialty was defense. I love to full court press because, you know, I had that stamina to just keep going all game full court. So I really enjoyed that and just putting their point guard under a ton of pressure. Uh, yeah, I mean, but my senior year, I will say the last game of my career, I we were tied with three seconds left and I made a three pointer to win the game so that was my last game ever and after that I felt very satisfied retiring from the sport forever yeah and yeah I'm I'm proud like I went out on top well we got third in the tournament but like 
the game. We won. I scored the final points. So yeah, I was happy with it. I, I feel like that was the peak of my basketball career and everything I ever could have asked for. So you can't, you can't even play pickup ball. Like I wouldn't play pickup ball. I hit a three to crush your tournament dreams. You doggone right. I'm putting them shoes. I will put, I'll give those shoes away. I, I don't exactly care. I haven't know. touched them. You need to frame them. Or <laughs> frame them. And then it needs to be like how I met your mother. See, like, see kids, this is what happened with the basketball shoes. I would frame those shoes and then I would sign them and then put a picture yeah. next to me in the tournament and then make your kids put some respect on those shoes names for what they're going to accomplish, <laughs> um, you know, back yeah. in the day. Gosh, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's actually like someone was taking a video of it because like, you know, we had like this last play and they were like, well, if they scored, be cool. So anyway, someone was taking a video of this and they got it all on video, me making my three in the final game of my career. And like, I was home last summer. Now this was at this point, eight years ago. And last summer, my parents pulled up the video and were like, we got to watch this again. <laughs> and they like watch it and they still get just as much joy out of it. Like I think of winning NCAAs, of going to Worlds, of winning Milrose. I think that that is their proudest sports moment for me. Truly, I do. Because you, you take such pride in that, especially in a small town. It's just like, you know, it's not like Orlando where it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, somebody did that last night. Somebody did that 20 minutes ago. What makes your special? Like, that is mm -hmm. something that will go on in the Ostrander Aust family legacy book. Like, if you had a time capsule, you put that video in there. See, listen, kids, this is how you knew your mother was a big deal. And so generations and generations need to see this. Can you post that on, like, social media? <laughs> I should, you know, also now that we're down this road, I guess I'll just tell you a little more about the game. It was, a, it was probably the best game of my career overall as well, because I was lights out. Like I wasn't usually an offensive weapon. Like my senior year, my shot had gotten good enough where like I would score, you know, five to 10 points a game, but I wasn't anything crazy usually, but this game I was on fire. I was a hundred percent on free throws and I had made, three three-pointers so I was feeling good wow you know so you went you were like Kobe in his last game just went out yeah. scoring 60 rest in peace uh I mean I didn't score 60 I think I scored like 16 but okay. it was that was the equivalent of 60 for me that's the equivalent of 60 and here's the thing when you are a Gary I don't know if you know this name but Gary Payton like a Gary Payton-like defender. They used to call him the glove because he was a point guard who was to suffocate people um, on defense. So, like, when you have that Gary Payton level of defensive swagger and then you start just balling, that's crazy. I would have loved to see that because that's just how you go out. So it's So we know that you have that clutch gene, clearly. Because think well, about it. I did that day. But think about it. Olympic trials, the finals, right? What did you do? You PR'd. Mm -hmm. And that stems back to high school. When your team needed you the most, they didn't call on their offensive weapons. They said, get the girl who is kick, who is cooking them like curry, the ball, and you deliver. <laughs> so... Look, they always say, does she, is she about it? And it's just like, yeah, she, she's definitely about that life. Oh, man, gosh. 
Yeah, you you gotta we gotta we gotta make that into a movie. Yeah, we gotta make that into a movie. That would be a good like I don't know. That would be a good like TBS has to pick that up or no Hallmark might pick it up. Say so she left her small town and then it's just like videos. You come back and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, Allie, I still remember when you hit that three over that girl. Um <laughs> oh, <laughs> did so much. Um but you said that you had a food network worthy pizza. What other food network worthy dishes have you made in your cooking career? Um <clears throat> well I make really good um, pancakes and waffles. I actually like have started doing this thing for just for special occasions where I make like charcuterie, but it's waffle charcuterie. So you've got like the waffles and fruit and some nuts, granola, whipped cream, you know, it's really pretty. So I feel like that's Food Network worthy because the aesthetic wow. aspect of it. Um, I, I actually make like a lot of different dinners um I make good like teriyaki salmon um bowls you know with like some rice mango salsa maybe so um yeah that's good I make uh like have you ever been to a cava I don't even know how to spell it so it's c-a-v-a but it's like oh it's like chipotle but for greek food they actually just opened one up like a week ago. So no. Okay. It it is so good. It's like my favorite fast casual restaurant, but we don't have one in Seattle. So sometimes I'll do like a recreation where I make kind of all the stuff like tzatziki and we've got like the olives, tomatoes, cucumbers, you know, you get some like rice, some sort of Greek chicken or lamb or something. And so, like, I'll make a recreation. Wow. That's pretty good. It's de- probably not Food Network worthy because it's not very original. It's just a copy. But like, I but, enjoy it a lot. But when 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 is the Ostrander House of House of Food opening up? Like, when when is this restaurant <laughs> opening up so that I can go by Seattle and get a plate? <laughs> that is some serious <laughs> cooking. Yeah, oh, I mean, the God. restaurant's open every night. It's limited seating, but <laughs> uh, yeah. As long as y'all take reservations, then I think we're straight. Because, um, <laughs> man, that's some serious cooking. That is impressive. Just even to treat, I've made teriyaki salmon before. And when you make it right, it tastes really good. But the yeah. waffle charcuterie with the whipped cream, like, do you scratch make, like, a lot of the stuff? Um. Yeah, it depends. Like, wow. you know, how how intense I'm going with it. But, like... I would, I always home make my granola and like candied nuts and stuff like that. So I would home make that whipped cream. I'll usually buy because I feel like it looks prettier because it comes out of a little nozzle thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Uh, Man. Yeah. I'm I'm hungry. Dang. Like that is good. That that sounds. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really enjoy cooking. Like I've been into it since I was like eight or nine I think I started getting like cooking magazines and stuff so and I would like choose recipes and give my mom a grocery list and we'd like make them and stuff so I've been into it for a while there's actually like this joke in my house that 
when I cook, I take up as much space in the kitchen as possible. Mm. Like I don't try to do this, but they call me out all the time and they're always right that like, I'll start cooking. I've got my little cutting board, my little spot. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, I'm using three burners and the microwave, the air fryer. I've spread everything to every surface on the counter possible. Like I, the recycling bin is all of a sudden full. Like, I don't know how I do it, but I expand when I cook. It is actually insane. But that's the sign of a good chef. You, you take advantage of the space that you're given. No waste. I fully, fully take advantage. (laughs) Listen, no wasted movement, no wasted, no wasted space. That's the sign of an elite chef. Because here's me. If I come into the kitchen and everything, that's how we cook in our house. Cause you know, we, down here is soul food. So I have family recipes that stem from a long, long time ago. So I need that space to make sure that mm-hmm. I am not overwhelmed by the lack of space so I can make the best dish possible and it shows up in the food. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a go. plus. That's that's how you maximize the space that you're in. That's what they do yeah. with Food Network. Do you go on diners, drivers, and dives and see space everywhere? No. No. That's no. that's why Guy Fieri is there uh, because he's trying it out. So, like, come on now. A couple more questions, then we're going to get to our rapid fire so we can wrap this thing up with a bow. So we're close to the same age. I'm 28. You're 26. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And so you were a prep star. And the reason I mentioned age is because I feel like social media, we've kind of seen the evolution of social media in a good and a bad way. Because when mm-hmm. I first like I didn't get, I wasn't allowed to get Facebook until I was in 10th grade. And my mom sat by the computer with me when I created the account. Um, And now, like, shoot, when I was in middle school, we just had, I don't even know if Facebook was around. It was just like MySpace. Um, There was this app Mm -hmm. for young kids called MySpace, uh, which I wasn't allowed to have. But now social media has gotten to the point where it just runs everything like it it it's so it's like a wildfire almost mm-hmm. when i'm talking about social media and obviously you being a prep star and message you can include message boards in that too what is one thing about social media and just that kind of uh environment atmosphere that you wish would change that would make things easier for you people like you as a professional athlete, but also, you know, up and coming runners who, you know, are in your shoes or similar from the standpoint of, you know, a young phenom that's just trying to, you know, enjoy the sport and grow. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would hope that or wish for there to not be the comparison aspect. I wish it could just be like, we could appreciate what everyone else was putting on social media without feeling the need to compare. But I think that's less social media and more just human nature. Like social media makes comparison much easier, but it's not social media that's forcing us to compare. That's just the human nature. Like you always compare yourself to other people, especially like in your same sport. So 
yeah, that's what I would wish to change, but it's not even social media that, that is really the problem there. That's true. How would you change how the sport is covered? Uh, I would definitely have more of the coverage by people who have, who specialize in like that event. I think whatever event is being covered should be, should be covered by someone who has competed in that event at like probably at least like a collegiate level, just because when there's someone, you know, covering a distance race that used to be a sprinter, they just don't have the same insights that a distance runner would, because you can't really understand it unless you've done it. Like I couldn't cover a sprint race well, because there are intricacies of it that I will just never, never understand. Um, I also just feel like there is such a huge untapped market in the running world, because if you think about it, like running is probably the most participated in sport in the entire world, maybe other than soccer. But like, even with that, like, I'm not saying, you know, people that run races, like that is a huge population, but people that just run, like that run outside for exercise, like if we could find a way to tap into that market and get everyone that runs interested in running as a sport, like it would be the most watched sport that there is. And that would be so cool. Um, But I just think we need to find a way to make running and track interesting, relatable and entertaining enough to capture more of a market. And I mean, I have a few ideas for how that could happen, but I think overall it's like, it would just take like a lot of time, a huge amount of commitment and probably quite a bit of investing. So that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. You know, part of the problem is a lot of people don't know that you can do, you can compete beyond high school in track and field. Mm-hmm. Um, as crazy as that sounds, and then even more so, you can compete professionally. Um, yeah, like, yeah, when, like when I signed a professional contract, you know, and I went home that summer, people were asking, like, oh, you just graduated, like, what are you gonna do now? I was like, oh, uh, I'm a runner, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, but like, what's your job? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, well, I'm a runner, <laughs> like, yeah. that is my job, and people fully do not understand that that's like a profession and it should be a profession that like you know like you said at just different parts i don't know i'm with you everybody has ideas i'm i would hope that they would listen to your ideas because you are a pro runner and you know how contracts works you know the ins and outs the intricacies of how things go yeah i feel like from a standpoint of even just content creators um, you know, there is a role, you know, that you can reach different audiences because when track and field is on TV, I, listen, I can tell you here in Florida, you know, when we ran the two sports that I've seen get sold out are football and track and field because everybody is just, there's that competitive nature, like, yeah, let's race. And so, mm-hmm. and it's entertaining to watch. The distance races are entertaining to watch. Like everybody, you know, very few people leave the stand. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you um, on that aspect. Last question before we hit up the rapid fire. What advice would you give um, to younger runners who – actually, it's a two-part question. What advice would you give to younger runners 
who are, I don't want to say following in your footsteps, but, you know, look up to you in your journey. And then part two is what excites you the most about this season? Um, I mean, advice to younger runners, I would say that you just really have to be focused on your long-term trajectory and don't be too concerned if it's not always a straight uphill progression, but, or upwards, not uphill, but upwards progression, but just make sure that like you're doing what you can to give yourself the best results long-term. Like don't get too caught up in the short term um, because you want to maximize like your overall potential. Uh, and then, uh, what I'm most excited for this season is that I'm trying some different races. Like in a couple months, I'm doing a 15 K road race, which is something that I've, I've never raced anything near that long before or on the roads. So I'm really excited to kind of expand what I've tried and, and test out a few different race distances and see where my strengths lie. Do you think you'll ever switch from the steeple to the roads? Uh, I don't think that I would necessarily like do a switch because the road season and this and track season, like they kind of mesh together in a way that it allows you to do both. So I wouldn't need to switch to do that, you know, but I mean, maybe I'm better at roads. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, run that old town road, run, run till you can't no more. That is a little non-sex yeah. reference for the young kids who, or the older people who <laughs> did not get it. You have survived the interrogation process. Now we are to our Ooh. final segment called Down the Home Stretch. I am going to ask you some rapid fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. If I stop you to elaborate on the answer, it does not kind of get some time. If you do not, if you do not, Answer these questions as fast as you can. Please believe me when I say I do not care. It is all good. No pressure, all thrill, no filler. That's how it is. Are you ready? Yes. If there was a food that you could live with and a food that you could live without that is not chocolate, because we already know you don't want to live with chocolate, what would they be? Uh, raspberries would be the one I would live with. And beer without i hate raspberries i tried them but it may i don't understand what is it about those berries that you enjoy i just think they're so good in every way i, I like the texture i like the flavor i like the way they like burst in your mouth oh so good they make me not they honestly make me nauseous and throw up i don't know what it is but anything raspberry i can't eat it I tried because they look so good in the store. I was like, oh, you know, this is going to slap. And then I eat one. I like, ooh, Jesus, keep me there. No, I can't do it. Let's just say they were going to play a, they were going to make a movie about your life. Tell me who would you want to portray your character? Who would you want to be your character? Uh, uh, I really don't know. I can't think of an actress that looks like me. Um, I guess like, I'll just say Emma Watson because I really like her. We don't look alike at all, but I like her as an actress, so I'll just say her. 
I don't know why this name just popped in my head, but I think Reese Witherspoon will play your character pretty well. You think? I, yeah. I mean, maybe. It's just like she's so much older than me that I hadn't even considered that. Remember, you know, technology does a lot of things these days. So, um, you know, they could they could make it work. You know, they could make it work. Yeah. What's the favorite? What's your favorite book that you've read? Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. A, a wildflower? Wallflower? Wallflower. Okay. Hmm. Who wrote that book? I can't remember. It's like, it's all like journal entries, though. Oh. It, the story is told through this guy's journal entries, and he's in high school. Um, it's, it's really interesting. It's like kind of a coming-of-age novel, in okay. a way. It's, it's super good, though. It's pretty short, too. Okay. Dream vacation spot. Um, Switzerland. Okay. What's the coolest thing you've done in the past six weeks? Well, I was in Alaska for Christmas. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think. I did an uphill time trial which was cool. Like I ran up a mountain as a my as a time trial, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, I paced my brother-in-law in a mile, and none of these are like that spectacular. But I mean, they were all fun and cool at the time. So I guess those three would be the main things. Well, listen, what's cool to you? Don't nobody else needs to have an opinion on it. Keep your opinion to yourself. Well, even though I do have an opinion, that mountain thing sounds painful, running up a mountain. Oh, it was painful, but it was really pretty at the top. So it kind of balanced out. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, I can dig that. What concert, like your dream concert, would you attend? Lord. Okay. Who would you like to have dinner with? They have to be living. If you had to have an opportunity to have dinner with anybody living, who would it be? Um. Maybe Brene Brown. I really like her. I feel like she has a super interesting area of research and I would love to just like question her about it. Okay, that'd be fun. If there was an artist who agreed to come play at a track meet, who would you choose? Um, Probably like Ariana Grande because I think she has like the biggest social media following and I feel like she would bring the most people to the track space that's so true. that's yeah. awesome because you got her you have Beyonce um, and then you have Taylor Swift mm, so that's, that's true Taylor Swift might bring even more people but yeah I don't know I think probably that is a toss-up. Maybe if they could do a collab, that would be the best. But oh, if we can only choose dope. one. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, Taylor Swift is huge. Ah, yeah, I, I'll go with my original answer. It was rapid fire. I said Ariana Grande. I'll stick with it. Let's do Ariana Grande. Also, if you all 
who are listening are interested, if you like Taylor Swift, I have a friend who created a Taylor Swift Jeopardy. So that will be attached in the show notes. So you and your friends on game night can play Taylor Swift Jeopardy. Very famous among the people who play it. Um, Okay, a couple more questions. If you had to pick a superhero to describe your game on the track and on the roads, who would it be? Um... I, I guess like Spider-Man because awesome. he's like pretty just unassuming when he's not being Spider-Man, but then he kind of like takes on this different persona when he's in a race environment. And I feel like that's me. Like I'm pretty just chill, relaxed, just joking around when I'm not racing. But as soon as I'm racing, like I'm very serious and focused. Theme song to describe your life. I, I don't know. I don't know that one. Um, I would say Daylight by Matt and Kim, just because I like the I like the beat of it. You know, it's always, it's a classic. Whenever it comes on, it just kind of boosts my mood a bit. So if that was always going, I guess I'd always be in a good mood. I like that. All right. Three more questions. Three more questions. And actually, the one that I just had lined up went away. So... We're going to do this one instead. Let's just say somebody, a company, YouTube said, you know what, Allie, you're crazy good at what you do. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to fly in somebody, anybody, or we're going to have them narrate one of your video or five of your videos, like anybody mm-hmm. you want to. Who are you choosing? Someone will narrate them? They're going to be doing the voiceover. They're going to be doing the talking. They're going to explain everything that you're doing and go, what's going on? Okay. Um, I would choose Zach Efron because he did that one series where like he goes to all those places and it's kind of like an environmental thing and it was really cool. And also he's Zach Efron. It would be cool to meet him. Okay, cool. All right. If you weren't a professional track and field athlete, what would you be? What other sport would you play better yet? Uh, cross-country skiing. Ooh, I can definitely see that. All right, two more questions that actually, you know what? Scratch that. One more question. And it's the most important question you will answer. Why does kindness matter to you? Because when you're kind, you have the ability to positively impact other people's lives. Bonus question. Best era of television and what character do you think you relate to the most? Best era of television was definitely the early 2000s. You know, I think that's when Gossip Girl came out, One Tree Hill, um, and 90210. Also, Disney Channel was absolutely popping. We had Hannah Montana, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Wizards of Waverly Place. It was... It was yeah. a great time to be alive. Um, what character represents me? Uh, I always related to Lily on Hannah Montana, like Hannah Montana's friend. Yeah. I related to her. She was just, she was a bit weird, quirky, not afraid to be herself. So I liked her a lot. Emily Osmond, I think is her name. Um, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So 
you have survived down the home stretch. You aced it. You aced it like a two-piece and a biscuit. Can you tell the people where they can find you and support your journey? Yeah, so I mainly am on Instagram and YouTube at Allie underscore Ostrander. So yeah, I I post pretty frequently on both. So be sure to, you know, follow and subscribe. Well, first and foremost, forgive me for messing up your last name. <laughs> I said Ostrander is Ostrander. So. Oh yeah, uh, like I honestly for, uh, already forgot about it. It's very understandable. It's a weird last name. So I I do apologize. Can't get people's last names wrong. So my bad to the Ostrander family. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. It's definitely been fun. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.